Hey there. Welcome to Feel First, Then Know. I'm your host, Sasha Dem, and I'm so happy to have you with me here today. I'm going to be straight up and honest with you at the outset. This show is not for the faint of heart. This show is for the brave, for the warriors, and for the ones who made it out alive and lived to tell the tale. The structure of this show is going to mimic the healing process. So in the beginning, these episodes are going to be solo and they're going to be very introspective. But as time goes on, they'll become more lighthearted and then we'll work other people into the journey. But no matter what, one thing will always remain constant. And that is the fact that I am your ally, I am your confidant, and I am your fellow survivor. We can make it through anything this life throws at us, and we might even manage to come out better on the other side, together. It's time to soar. Who's with me? So buckle up those seatbelts and let's get into it. to heal right now which is has to be the most life-changing incredible book I've ever encountered in my entire life and I have encountered a lot of books that I love very very much so that means a lot to me to say and this book means a whole hell of a lot to me it's probably like one of my most personal, intimate, cared-for possessions, honestly, at this point. I I definitely remember in the beginning of the healing process, I used to tell my therapist, you know, when nobody on the planet knew that I was going through the awakening that I was going through and how literally horrifying and, and terrorizing it was. Um, I mean, I, I definitely had components of probably complex PTSD going on, anxiety, you know, lots of other things that, that didn't ever come in formal diagnoses, but I know enough about these topics and that language to self-identify, if you will, um, And yeah, I mean, I just didn't like before, before I uncovered what I uncovered, 
but obviously, especially after in that the first six months or so, and still not that it's, you know, not by any means that it's gone, but especially in those first six months, it was like, I, I never felt at peace. Really. I probably felt the most that way when, when I was safe and sound alone in my home, not having to deal with anyone else or the outside world, a bunch of factors and variables I couldn't control and definitely couldn't manage on my own. I felt safest at home, but I didn't feel fully safe. I was, I was worried. I still worry. But it's definitely, it's definitely dissipated a lot. Like the biggest example that always comes to my mind of this is that I have a small walk-in closet in my room and a row of hooks on the inside of the door in the closet that I hang clothes on sometimes. And so every time I go in there, And then I basically have to make like I'm going to close the door with me in the closet to either get something off of those hooks or to put something on those hooks. In the past, for for the years that I've lived here and that I've been doing this, It's almost as if the door would close and like start to close in slow motion, not on its own. I'm the one closing it, you know, I'm not, I'm not talking about um, any sort of forces or energies at this moment that are not of this world, although we'll get there in a different episode. Um, but I would go to close it and it's almost as if I could, I could sense, I could sense like the, the danger response kicking into me as I was closing the door that made me almost feel like it was, it was going in slow motion. And I would always, always without fail, this is not optional. I would always keep my hand on the side of the door to make sure that I'm the one controlling the door and that it's not going to close all the way, that it's not even going, that the door is not even going to touch the door frame, let alone actually close with the, you know, with the whatever the hell you call it and the doorknob going into the door jam thing, you know? Pardon me, doors, you know. Mm. <laughs> Apparently, they're actually called man doors in construction spaces. Lord knows this is not my forte, but um, yeah, that shit is wild. <laughs> if anybody has more information on this and wants to correct me, I'm all ears. Uh, but anyway, moving on. So, yeah, I'm not even talking about the door fully actually closing, which... which hardcore would be an absolute no-no and I think I I still feel that way you know I would have I would have these like random flashes of almost the second I go I go in there to some degree I still do but especially beforehand where it was like as soon as I was in there my immediate thought was what if I get stuck in here do I have my phone on me (laughs) and if I don't have my phone on me like, 
truly, what the fuck am I going to do? What, what if the door closes and then for some, you know, some let's, let's fuck over Sasha today energy in the air. Uh, the, the pressure or what have you of the air in my room is such that it's pushing on the door and not allowing me to open it. For example, it's not like the closet door has a lock on it. Of course it does not. But these are the thoughts that, that would and still do sometimes run through my mind. And these are the types of things that I understand now in a way that I truly did not ever in my life. I 1000% was one of those people that thought that the way that I think is the way that most people think. And now I fully understand for and because of many different lanes and avenues that make up the space that is my mind. Not to my own horn, but... This is not a dull landscape, my friends. Hopefully you've already gathered that. That's part of why I'm here doing this and talking to you. Um, I fully register that, that little to no humans think the way that I do. And, and especially when it comes to these kinds of thoughts and reactions that are, that are danger-focused and fixated and hypervigilant and always anticipating the next wrong thing that's going to go down. And if things are good, not trusting it and constantly, eternally, always waiting for the other shoe to drop, no matter how good things could possibly be. And in a way, the better they are, the more worried you are, the less trusting you are, the less willing you are to bank on that to bet on that long term for sure I know personally without fail I almost always get to feeling this way around the holidays part of me hates to say it but the other part of me is like what what do you want from me this is the reality of my freaking life you know um yeah, it's like the basically Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving through New Year's, which actually I do hate to say this because my birthday's in that time, but I basically only started really thinking about about what a Sasha want and need a couple years ago, and I'm about to be thirty, so yeah. Um, I wasn't thinking about my birthday when I would be having these thoughts of. Oh, here we go. Here's Thanksgiving. Okay. Let's see if we can make it out unscathed this year. You know, let's see if we can go the next couple months without without anyone ending up in a serious situation in the hospital. Um... Without any violent episodes... happening around me in my family in my space with the people I know uh whatever you know whatever we're doing as far as 
livelihood and careers and, and whatnot. Let's hope for the best there. Let's hope that nobody loses their their job unexpectedly or their business or any you know, their home, of course not. <laughs> um let's pray for no natural disasters. Like these are the kinds of thoughts. These are the kinds of thoughts, truly. This this past holiday season is I mean, I'm biting my tongue because I I hate to say these things this way and I don't really mean it this way. I'm not trying to make a tragedy and a travesty sound cavalier by any means, just to make that abundantly clear. But this past year, this past year in general has been extremely difficult for me. So this past set of holidays, you know, Putting, putting everything related to the pandemic just aside for the most part here. Like, 2020 was definitely the hardest year of my adult life. And everyone always says, oh my god, I know, COVID. <laughs> and I'm like, no. <laughs> like, you don't know. First of all, you don't know. I know that a lot of you listening, you know what's up. So... I I wish that none of us had to endure what we've had to endure, but for those who have not, you don't know, right? I kind of want to say to them, even though I know that they mean well, for the most part. Um, So yeah, my first reactions are like, (laughs) you you don't know, but uh uh-huh. And number two... What I'm talking about has absolutely zero nothing to do with the stupid fucking virus that no one will shut up about. Okay? Part of me is bummed that I even just brought this up. And hopefully hopefully having these these buzzwords, if you will, of this current era of the universe is not going to have any negative effects on my sweet podcast episode here. (laughs) Um, But anyway, yeah. So my 2020, the shit show that was the latter half of my 2020 um, had absolutely nothing to do with the fucking pandemic. And so these, these last set of holidays were my first set of holidays as an adult. Uh, my worst set of holidays as an as an adult, even though there have been so many horrific ones, <laughs> truly, there have been nice moments too. I don't need anyone's fucking nonsense about how I how I you know just accusations about how i'm I'm sounding like I have never had a good experience in my whole life. First off, I never said that. And second off, um, don't invalidate my horrors and traumas with that bullshit. Okay? Any of you that deal with those types of comments and criticisms, you you just, just send those people my way. Okay? Because I would just love to talk to all of them as a group hopefully one time and we can be done with this shit okay 
Like, don't make me use the word gaslighting because I, I won't hesitate. I won't fucking hesitate. And also, this isn't about you. <laughs> me t- telling whatever person about my difficult experiences does not invite, is not an invitation for some other person to be like, what about all this stuff you forgot? It's like, if I, if I ask you to tell me nice memories that, yeah, I'll be the first to admit, a lot of them are fucking gone. Because when you are horrifically traumatized as a child, uh, that's what the fuck goes on in your brain. I didn't write this book. <laughs> I didn't make this up. I didn't hardwire the original brain template from which we all downloaded from. Okay? This is just the fact. That's a whole other fucking issue. When you're, when you're laying down shit that, like, as far as I'm concerned, I won't hesitate to tell you, please don't take, please don't take anything I say really as, as, as any level of expert advice in any arena. Okay? I'm, I'm no slouch and I've, I have degrees and I have credentials, but I don't have them as far as, uh, medical doctors do by any means. Okay. Or neurologists or mental health practitioners or any of it. I am first and foremost, a fellow survivor holding space for fellow survivors. Okay. I also happen to not be an idiot, so I'm trying to spread some of the wisdom and knowledge that I have fortunately somehow, some way gathered in the past year to hopefully help one other person. Maybe even two, if it's my lucky day. <laughs> okay? So, um, yeah, that's a whole other concept of like, why am I getting into debates with people when I'm telling when I when I'm explaining to them things that they would get out of a physiology textbook or a neurology textbook and they're looking at me sideways and saying huh like I think if that happened you would have remembered you would know you know exactly who it is. Don't you think? To which I say, first off, no, I don't think that. Um, and second off, and much more importantly, even if I did, it wouldn't be factually correct. The The experience of short-term, long-term amnesia and a whole host of other things are, to my surprise, common in traumatic scenarios. Common when you're in a life-or-death scenario as a child and you have to do whatever it takes. And, and when I say whatever, I mean anything and everything. Okay? Like this also goes to the to the 
I hate to even say the word critics out there because what a ridiculous concept. We're not talking about movies or restaurants or Broadway shows, okay? Um, and, and personally speaking, I think that, the, that people that spend their lives criticizing art or people's businesses that they've put their blood, sweat, and tears into and are just trying to make a halfway decent meal for a few neighborhood individuals, the people that spend their days and nights and lives critiquing all of these things that they would never have the guts and gusto to do themselves, they really should reevaluate. Um, I, I have choice words for them. Uh, I don't, you know, there aren't any like famous critics that are coming to mind in my head right now, but if I picture a lineup of them, I picture none of them smiling. I picture some of them maybe like peering over their glasses in a very disdainful, mildly disgusted way, but no smiles. Maybe, maybe a side smirk to some fellow critic next to them in response to something that they think is stupid or whatever, subpar or two star or bullshit, essentially. Not Michelin grade. Like, oh, okay, yeah. Okay. Enjoy your white horse on the pedestal at the top of the, at the, top of the hill with your, mount, with your mountain and your mansion. Have a grand old time. You can find me at fucking IHOP. <laughs> like, honestly. I don't know how to kindly tell people to get the fuck over themselves. It's, it's so mind-blowing to me. Anyway, that was a whole side note. Thank you for running down Rabbit Hill Lane with me. <laughs> Rabbit Hole Lane. Um, where the fuck was I? Yeah, like trauma response in the brain. If you're getting into an argument with someone when you are either trying to explain your feelings, your feelings about your experience to them, number one, or number two, you are trying to explain scientific facts as far as psychology, neurology, physiology, anatomy, etc etc are concerned these are not your statements of opinion these are biologically proven facts that they could find in a science textbook about for example flight or fight response or freeze response or a term i did not know before therapy Fawn response, which essentially means that your survival instinct of playing along and doing whatever it is that your abuser or hostage keeper slash taker or domineering figure holding your life in their hands tells you to do to survive. These are all very real, real things and they do not occur and they do not originate from the rational mind. This is the problem. This is one of the problems with our society. 
in my personal opinion, these days. I guess I can't really say whether it's always been this way or not. I don't know. But I think that we get into a bad posture and bad position when we know ourselves to be capable of being rational a rational species, right? We definitely overly, as far as I'm concerned, think that we are so far superior to every other animal and living thing on the planet. We we sort of snicker and laugh at their at their silliness because from our perspective they can't speak or conquer or fly on planes or any of this fancy quote-unquote civilized stuff that we do on a daily basis so we should be the ones in charge right blah 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 um I think we run into issues and problems when we move way too far into the realm of assuming that we are all rational essentially 100% of the time I mean, you could literally you could literally get into an argument with somebody on this planet about shit you did while you were sleepwalking and them responding, "Oh my god, that's horrible. Why why in God's name would you do that? Why the hell would you ever do that? That's that's horrific. Like your poor family that found you where, you know, that you you dug through the trash and then you like ate things out of it. Oh my God, <laughs> I'm going to be sick just hearing this. It's like, do, do I need, do I need to like blow a whistle? <laughs> Get a freaking white, black and white pinstriped shirt and black shorts and put my hair up in a ponytail and blow a whistle in your guys' faces and say to this individual interrogating you as to why you would do such things that um need I remind you that this individual is unconscious <laughs> so therefore their rational mind is turned off again this is not a matter of opinion this is just a biological fact okay it's it's abnormal to walk when you're sleeping for a reason because generally Walking requires our utilization of our rational, conscious minds. Generally speaking, in an ideal scenario, we would like to be conscious, wouldn't we? If we're getting out of bed and walking around. We would like to have our eyes open. Or even if they are open, for them not to be essentially glazed over and like... You can see the light bulb, but the lights are off type of a situation, okay? Honestly, if we... like. For me personally, thinking about thinking about slash doing a real deep dive on sleepwalking, it, it kind of freaks me out, honestly. I mean, if if I had if one of my family members in my home had this issue and I just so happened to to hear rumblings and grumblings at three o'clock in the morning, and I came out of my bedroom or whatever. To see, let's just say, hypothetically speaking, the front door wide the fuck open. (laughs) 
and this individual God knows where. Um, even saying that as a hypothetical right now gives me fucking anxiety. <laughs> That's terrifying on so many levels. Number one, not that they're in um, order of importance, because obviously this individual who, who ran away to I don't know where, and neither do they, going back to the point, because they're not conscious, that's why it's called sleepwalking. Um, obviously they are the number one priority. Where the hell are they? And how in fuck's name are you supposed to find someone? You know? I mean, we are all so used to our cell phones and find your iPhone and find your keys and find your sense of self. You know, like we have, we have fucking devices and technology to find all of the things all of the time. Well, um, Joe Schmo in his pajama flannels, <laughs> uh, no, he didn't pick up his phone to go on a stroll because he wasn't making conscious decisions when he got out of bed unconscious. <laughs> I know it's hard for people to wrap their head around it. That's why I'm repeating it slowly over and over again. You know, he doesn't have his phone. He doesn't have whatever tracking device you might have contemplated sticking to his ass. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, you're going to have to do that old school thing. That I think all of us here in 2021 sort of have us a chuckle at a little bit because we're so spoiled thinking, hold on, you, you mean to tell me that I have to get, I have to either carry on on foot or get in a car and start aimlessly driving around town in the middle of the night in the virtually pitch black, basically, hopefully there are some street lights in your neighborhood God help you if there aren't. Um, I just thought about a farm. Whew. You want to talk about some scary shit? Oh my God. The level of darkness that exists in very rural areas where there are no damn streetlights. It's lovely because the you can actually see stars and the moon and hopefully that generates some light. But But I just pictured trying to find a sleepwalking human being in a, in a cornfield, for example, in the middle of the night. Uh, yeah, I'm not doing that. <laughs> like, I don't even know what to say. I feel sort of obnoxious and rude saying this because, well, what if that's your kid? Well, fuck. <laughs> Talk about more stress. Okay. Like I am, I am physically feeling the stress right now running through all of these <laughs> Hypotheticals, no joke. Uh, yeah, if it, if it was my kid, obviously I'm doing it. But fuck <laughs> is, is probably what I'm going to be yelling instead of Sally Mae, <laughs> which might be her name. I'm picking names that are appropriate for a cornfield as far as I'm concerned. Apologies if your name is Sally Mae. Actually, not apologies. I like it. That's why I'm using it. So shout out to you, Sally. I don't know if you do, you probably go, whatever. Anyway, <laughs> going back to my original point five hours ago, when you, as, as an individual, and especially as a child, endure horrific trauma 
that you probably wouldn't wish on your worst enemy as an adult. And your body and your mind, not your conscious mind and not your rational mind, go into danger zone responses, which basically shuts off your your conscious mind for the most part, puts it on timeout, puts it on the bench, if you will. It's not participating because as quick and as quick witted as we all think we are, um, the conscious mind is actually slow. (laughs) It's a slow piece. We take time to make decisions. We, we run through logic. We try not to emotionally react like cannons or what have you, right? That's why we say things like sleep on that decision. That's your rational mind talking. Your fight and flight mind would never say sleep on that decision. <laughs> sleep on that decision to fight or to, to flee. You should sleep on that. Make Come up with your, your decision in the morning. I'm sorry, in the morning? <laughs> if that's how the fuck that worked, there wouldn't be a morning. You wouldn't make it to morning, okay? There is a reason we operate the way that we do. Um... I'm not even going to get into a whole, like, like, well, I guess I'll just get into it for 10 seconds. We're fucking magical. (laughs) Like, living, living organisms, us included, obviously, as far as I'm concerned, this shit is crazy magic, okay? I don't know. I don't know how the perfect combination of of sunlight and good soil and a little water turns a seemingly insignificant little seedling into a growing plant that could that could bloom into a huge bundle of flowers or a freaking massive tree or whatever it's insane i don't know how it is that we operate in this way of of our animal body, if you will, again, I'm no, I'm no freaking medical doctor or scientist. So you guys are just dealing with the, these nonsensical lay, lay person terms for, for pieces of the brain that honestly just always throw me off. I could probably make some like low level guesses as to, as to the different parts that generate the different responses, but inevitably I'm going to fuck something up. So I'm just going to do it in my bullshit language. Okay. Um, it's astonishing and incredible that there is no director, so to speak, making calls in your mind and in your body when something occurs that maybe your conscious mind is not even aware of, like some aspect of your intuition or your body or your animal instincts or whatever, sense something while your conscious brain is like, doo-dee-doo, walking down the street, where are we going to get a scoop of ice cream? (laughs) The fact that some other part of you whose whose primary job is to protect you and keep you safe, senses something, and then less than 
it takes for me to snap my fingers, you go into this response. You don't make a decision. You just do it. The only decision is one of the two, fight or flight, or one of the three, fight, flight, or freeze, or one of the four, fight, flight, freeze, or fawn. But you almost can't call it a decision to be made because because the beginning of this response and that so-called decision, the time between those two parameters is like a quarter of a second. I don't know if that's factually correct, but just just go with it for the sake of the story. And then you start doing things that you didn't decide. And not to say that your conscious mind is completely off like it is when we're sleeping. I'm assuming in this situation that you wouldn't be sleepwalking, for example. But then as I say that, I immediately think, well, the awake and seemingly conscious version of sleepwalking to me, from, from the pretty minimal that I know at this point, would be dissociation. You're awake and you're alive and you're in your body, but in reality, your, your mind, your conscious mind has left the building. It's not there anymore. It went somewhere else. Maybe it went high up to the corner of the room to look upon everything that's happening, to remain out, out of arm's reach, at a safe distance. Or, or maybe it left the room, the house, the town entirely. My point here is how ridiculous some of us are to criticize and place judgment on things we do not with our conscious minds. Going back to what I started with, it's great that we at least to some degree, are feeling some level of empowerment within ourselves these, in this era of life. And that's, that's all wonderful. And we all should feel strong and empowered, especially those of us who, who have, have endured horrific abuse. But I think that sometimes we take these modes of thought too far as if we are talking and assuming and we're all coming from a place of of thought that assumes we are conscious rational individuals 110% of the time which which honestly is comical to think about and is so freaking not true so 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 not true you know some of some of the people 
some there are so many individuals out there that think that they have have it all figured out and that they are so in such a high level of emotional control that that would say over and over again like i am such a logical rational being entirely to my core and when the reality is like that couldn't be farther from the case and they have zero self-awareness so they don't register that that's just ridiculous for basically any human being to say like we were not designed we were not created as part of the animal kingdom to operate this way you know what would be the practical decision to make at all at all times in my life like no <laughs> not in the slightest so we need to to get correct about this mishap and misstep on our part of listening to a survivor's story and our first reaction is why didn't you do this Like, do I really need to tell you that I was not making live, conscious, rational calls? Like, like, do you want to go to the symphony or the opera (laughs) at the time of my trauma? Okay? I didn't choose it. I probably had no idea what I was walking into or what walked into my space uninvitedly. What might have violated me. Definitely crossed every boundary with with reckless disregard for my well-being, for my sanity, for my for my life, for my value, for my worth. For my position as a child, my level of vulnerability just inherently, physically, emotionally, and mentally, in all ways, don't insult and diminish a survivor's story when the first thing out of your mouth is, why wouldn't you leave? Or if you started to feel uncomfortable, why did you keep going? Or if, if you knew, if you knew so-and-so was prone to being a freak or a creep, why didn't you wear something more covered or not take that route home or whatever, whatever it is that people come up with there. These, these thoughts are ridiculous and out of line and insulting and quite frankly, hurtful to survivors as adults. (laughs) If we're talking about children Oh, wow. 
People truly don't realize how powerful the adults in a child's life are and how influential they are. If a kid is born with crazy, crazy whoever, and that person tells the kid that grandpa and grandma are are purple otters at the aquarium, that kid is going to believe that. <laughs> Until he, has, he or she has reason to believe otherwise. Okay? Like, the term sponges doesn't even begin to cover it. So do me a favor and don't, don't dishonor any sweet, poor, innocent child like a five-year-old or something, for God's sake, by even having the thought of why wouldn't, why wouldn't Joey do X, Y, and Z to leave or to get out of the situation or to not do that ridiculous thing, of course not, that that adult told them to do. Joey, maybe by his parents, definitely by his society, if he grew up in Western culture and and most Eastern cultures, you know, I think probably one of the colossal things that we've got going on on this planet across the board is for children to respect and never defy their elders, right? Well, what if what if the elders and the adults around you are are disgusting freaks of nature? Or, or demonic, or whatever, parasites <laughs> that, that don't see a precious, vulnerable, little human life in front of them when they look at you. They just see a, a means to the gratification of their end. Horrifying. Keep that in mind the next time you think to yourself, why didn't you say no?